this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Abbott Elementary Season 2, Episode 16, Teacher Conference, and Season 2, Episode 17, Mural Arts are over, but class is back in session here on Abbott Elementary, a post-show recap. I'm your host, Chappelle, and I'm here to talk to you about what happened on the most recent two episodes of Abbott Elementary, but you know I can't do this one deep. With me, the head principal of this podcast, who may have already just mentored seven young teachers, Principal Gia Worthy. What's up, Gia? Oh my God. Uh, it's great to be part of a, like, part of a podcast with a fellow, fellow VIP, a very important principal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am very happy to be talking about these two episodes. I was texting you during the conference episode, which you had not, you had been foolish enough to wait to watch it instead of watching it live. Chappelle, what were you doing? And, uh, we're here now and I'm very excited and but I'm still not going to forgive you for delaying watching that episode because it's a classic Tosif move of you. 
Yes, uh, I really thought that like I had like a a different role, you know. Uh, but I, I guess I am a Tosa. Who knew? Uh, but yeah, I I had so much going on that night that I couldn't watch Abbott in real time. My phone's blowing up, y'all, and it's Gia. Like, are you watching this? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I'm gonna get to it. And then she says, "Okay, let me know when you get to it." And I never let her know. I think I wanted to save it for the podcast, y'all. So we get to hear the raw takes, the ones that Gia was was gonna just send me and then not tell y'all. These are the good ones. So we're we're here mm-hmm. to get the inside scoop, Gia. Um, yeah, I we'll just save that for later, y'all. Thank y'all again for listening to the podcast. Of course, uh, people who have been sending in their five star reviews, we love y'all. Thank y'all for that. Keep them coming so that we can keep the podcast in rotation for seasons to come. I actually have a five star review to read, uh, Gia, if it pleases the court. Yeah. It does please the court. Yes. Okay. So I'm thinking what I want to do is like when we get five star reviews, because we want to get more interaction from the Abbott listeners, we get five star reviews. Let's just read them off. Like, we get one, we'll read one per episode. Now we can get a shout out to some of our loyal listeners. What do you think about yes, that? Yes. I'm oh. obsessed with that idea. We love Ava super fans and we love G and Chappelle super fans even more. Right, right, right. So if you want to have your uh, review read on the podcast, by all means, five-star reviews only, then we can see your comments at that point. And then we can read them off and then we can all have a good time, you know, uh, celebrating y'all, our Abbott Elementary and Post Show Recap listeners. But our five-star review is from Becky8675309. Great name, by the way. Um, And it says, thank you for your insight into the inner city educational system. I laugh watching the show and then laugh some more listening to your hashtag Post Show Recaps. Thank you, hashtag RHAP, for putting this show on my airwaves. Gia, we love that. Thank you so much, I Becky. I love it. Yes. yes. Right. I, you know, I think Abbott Elementary was just one of those shows that got really popular really fast. And we didn't really realize how popular it was going to be amongst so many people. But now just being part of a podcast on such a huge platform to talk about it and really talk about some of the experiences that we went through and currently go through on a regular basis. It's just, I'm so happy it's reaching out to a lot of different listeners. Yes. It's you all the listeners that keep Gia and I employed. And so keep listening, keep checking us out, keep leaving five-star reviews and, and uh, we will hopefully get to highlight you on the podcast and keep this going for uh, seasons to come. I, I just feel like Gia in my soul that Abbott is going to be here for a, the long haul. We might be doing this for years. I'm fine with that. I have- Me too already signed away you know i'm in i'm in a 10 year a 10 year deal if yeah. that makes sense so you know like i can at least be going to this well into my 30s yeah and uh i am a professional student so i never plan on leaving school there's never listen you cannot do too much learning in your life so no. this is the perfect atmosphere to do that here at abbott elementary a post show recaps uh gia what did you think about these two episodes uh, these were definitely plot episodes. I think we've had mm-hmm. a couple episodes recently that felt a little more of filler, but in a really great way. I love filler episodes. They are usually my favorite episodes of the season, but things happen in these two episodes, both with the Janine and Gregory storyline and also with the charter school storyline, which I had been waiting to hear more about. So now we are finally here. I love a good conference. I love the fact that we are starting to talk about, you know, we're taking Abbott outside of the elementary school phase, but really this is our characters at their best. Like they are on point no matter where they go. And we love that for them. 
No, I totally agree. I love that we had these two big plot points in the Janine Gregory relationship. And then we had, of course, the thing that we've left behind kind of is the charter school information, right? The, the, um, that, like, that was such a big plot point in that one episode. And it was such a sinister undertaking, this charter school that was going to, uh, you know, like come and take over Abbott Elementary. And then we never touched on it again. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, now we finally get to see what happens with that storyline. Uh, but first, let's take a brief ad break before returning to talk about season two, episode 16, called Teacher Conference, right after this. Okay, and we're back. So the cold opening of this episode was pretty much a, like, botched game of hangman so there wasn't really much to talk about on this topic but gia it's time for the annual pennsylvania educational conference for the southeast area pexa has come back to allentown pennsylvania ever heard of it gia nope not once but also (laughs) i don't i don't make it so much of a habit to go to teacher conferences i probably should but like that feels like work on the weekends to me a little too close to home weekends are not for learning and I would be very much in my Barbara and Melissa era during those during those conferences. Yeah, I love a good educational conference. I do because one, they're normally never where I live. And so I get to travel. Yes. That's always fun. I like to see what other schools are doing. I like to pick up the, you know, the like go and sit in the seminars and stuff and learn different things that may or might not have anything to do with my school. I'm just nosy. Um, but then afterwards i get to party you know like if that i don't know if everybody does that but afterwards i'm definitely going to pesca getting it's a thing um no matter what city i'm in i'm going to find the local attraction i'm going to make it a whole thing so that way it doesn't feel so much like work as Mm -hmm. opposed to like a vacation where i have to go to a conference as well yeah see this conference the pesca conference has two major violations one is that it is in the city they are working in that is not the type of conference i am looking to go to and then Mm -hmm. number two it is on a weekend the best conferences are during the week usually a tuesday to friday type of time slot then you have time to come back on saturday and enjoy your weekend from your vacation away from everybody else that hopefully your school district has paid for you to attend 100% 100% correct. 1000% correct. Uh, yeah, please mm-hmm. don't schedule a conference during my time. That is your time. You know, mm-hmm. like you schedule that. I will go enjoy your conference during your business hours. And then I will go home, enjoy my break from your conference that you forced me to go to from work. I agree a thousand percent. Janine ends up describing this place, Allentown, Pennsylvania, as the education destination of Eastern Pennsylvania, where teachers come together to swap ideas and knowledge that will help them grow into the greatest educators of all time. Um, I don't think I've ever been to a conference that like just was transformative. I think I've been to conferences where I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. We should do that. And then we never get to do it. Or I'll go to a conference and be like, oh, y'all do that kind of thing. And I never get to do it. And very few times I'm in a conference and I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, this is what we do. And it's way better than what y'all are doing. So maybe a transformative um, teacher conference like the one in Allentown, the PESCA, would be something that would be good for us. Or is it is it PESCA or PEXA? I guess it's PEXA. I keep calling it Pesca because that's how it reads in my head, Mm -hmm. but it's probably Pesca. See, I can't say it, so I'm going to refer to it as, I'm not going to this conference. I don't need to know how to pronounce it. (laughs) That's fair. It it is Pexa, but if I mess it up. Pexa, okay. Yeah, if I mess it up, listeners, keep it to yourself. So, No, we didn't. Yeah, no, no, we did not. So Jacob and Janine are excited about the keynote speech, but 
Barbara and Melissa are going to enjoy the pool. Like you said, they have the right idea here. Um, this conference is for rookie teachers, and they have been going since when Janine had to ask permission to cross the street, which we find out started at when she was about three years old, which is disturbing. Um, they're like three years old is when Janine started crossing the street on her own. What is going on in this house that Janine grew up in, Gia? Because we know her and her sister have a weird relationship. She has a weird relationship with her mom. What's happening here? Negligence will do that to you. You know, mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta do something. I, I personally have never experienced such a thing. I had a lot of attention growing up. Mm -hmm. I am just yes. that type of individual. But you deserve, you know. But thank you. But yeah, this is not. This is clearly just kind of an overarching theme of Janine's dysfunctional relationship with her family. This is not something that is too surprising for me. It is not something I would admit out loud if I was in Janine's shoes, but I think Jean and I are very different on a lot of different points. Yeah, I just wonder how long they're going to keep breadcrumbing us with this conversation about her upbringing, right? Because we saw her talk to her sister, and she's like, she's so annoying. She doesn't know when to stop, blah, blah. And she's, her sister seemed perfectly normal. And I'm questioning, like, if the sister is like this, is mom like this? Like, is this all in Janine's head? Is she the drama? Well, we, I mean, Janine is definitely the drama. 100%. Like, uh, as soon as, as Erica has said, you know, you're nerdy, but you're messy girl. You know, like that's mm -hmm. Janine to a T. She gets it. Erica gets it. Erica is us watching Janine in all of her shenanigans. That being said, I do think that some of this does spur from Janine's mom not being a great, involved parent like we saw the text messages with her in the first season where she tried to talk to her mom and it seems like she tries to touch base with her uh on several occasions to no response so i think that this is just kind of a connection to the dysfunctional household she grew up in which makes a, a lot of sense for some of janine's uh more people-pleasing ways uh as as Ava said in her uh, presentation, uh, a woman named Janine who has deep-seated mommy issues as a example for it. But I think that, you know, I want to see Janine's mom in person. I want to see her interact with her sister. Like, they keep just, like, teasing us with it. And I want to see the full story. Yeah, could you imagine casting for Janine's mom? Like, who could they possibly pick for we're like, this is perfect. This is the perfect mom. This makes sense. This is, this, this like fits the narrative, but it also kind of feels like Janine is a mirror image of her. I don't have like a working list of actresses that oh. I would want in this area, but I'm dying to figure out who they're going to pick. I, oh, I have some. Ooh. Uh, I have some ideas in my head, but I'm like trying to, you know, what would be a great, like, grandmother for Janine, or maybe a mother, actually. Let me see. Mm -hmm. Let me see you how know, old this person is before I start before throwing I it out them. there. You know, uh, but, I don't know what Event Nicole Brown is doing, but I think that would be a good choice, too. Ooh. Okay. So definitely grandma, but you know, would be a great grandma for Janine. Oh, who? Ready? Ready? Yes. Loretta Devine. Hey! Yes. Listen, my grandma in my mind. <laughs> that, yes. She she raised us. Raised mm -hmm. us. 100%. I would love to see Loretta guest on Abbott as, like, Janine's 
fair weather grandmother in yes. there but she's never mentioned anyone else in her family outside of her mom and her sister so i'm not sure like if we'll how much in the janine family lore that we will get yeah that's and this is the thing that bothers me no, I need it. I need it soon. I mean, uh, we're over halfway through this season of television, which I hadn't even realized until just this moment. Oh, we are creeping up on the end of this show. And I'm like, what is, what is happening? But yeah, we haven't gotten a lot of family story from her, so I definitely need it. And I'm sure we'll get into that later on. Uh, Jacob and Janine are uh, excited about this, but Gregory enters the teacher's lounge to booze from uh, Janine and Jacob because he is skipping the conference to spend time with Amber. He's missing the professional development so he can relax in a heart-shaped hot tub watching the moon dance off Amber's eyes as she whispers sweet everything. Or at least that's what Janine says. Is she projecting here, Gia? Uh, probably. Probably. Right. It's like, it's... The the tone has been set, you know? Like, uh, we're too deep into this now. And by the end of this episode, it's just like, this was just frustrating in so many other ways. But I think Janine knows what she wants and she doesn't want to really admit it. And like, girl, get it together, please. Please, I'm begging you. Yeah, no. There's, she there's thought about this. She thought about this. Oh, a hundred percent. There's a there's a lot going on in this episode, so I'm gonna bounce around a bit. But mm -hmm. uh, basically, they go to Pexa, and uh, it looks like every conference that I've ever been to, Janine and Jacob are going up to the conference um, to like grab the things. They're trying to learn everything. They're trying to sit in all the rooms. Uh, they're trying to see see all the professional development. But again, Melissa is telling them all that uh, the one thing they cannot miss. If they come to the conference, it's Pexageddon, which is the after party to all of this. And Janine can't miss it specifically because she has to hold Melissa and Barbara's purses. Gia, I'm telling you, every conference I've ever been to, I'm always going to find a party. I will find one. I, I used to work at predominantly white institutions, historically white institutions at that. And I would uh, be with advisors who also did not look like me. When I go to a conference like this, I am looking for the black people. I mean... I make friends. I network. You would swear I was about to go apply at a historically black college the next day, the way I act. I'm networking. But it's just because, like, I want more friends at these conferences that look like me, that know what I'm talking about, that deal with what I'm talking about. I don't have to teach them about, you know, a lot of the racist stuff that we deal with, a lot of the microaggressions. Like, they already get it. And I always find myself in, like, some type of, like, happy hour or something with all the black people or I actually find myself at a happy hour with all the people just in general. I like, but I like to move from happy hour to happy hour. It's happier that way. The more happy, the better. Um, but this is something that I would not miss. Um, but the edu the educational kickback, Gia, it's really where it's at. Have you ever done one of those at, uh, at a conference? The, so I've done, when I was in grad school, I did pop culture conferences because Ooh. that was where like, I actually presented my, paper on black survivors in a pop culture conference right before the pandemic. So that was like literally my last great hurrah. But I mean, like really it's a big networking event. And if you are lucky enough to be at the right type of conference, it will end with a party. And really the things that you go to conference for is networking, drinks, and free things. Love me some free things. This man had the audacity to comment on the amount of pens that I had from 
said conference while I was helping myself to the free supplies from all of the different vendors. So, you know, I don't know if he's out here. I don't know if he's listening to that, but I remembered. I remember you, sir. The, bitter. The, the North, bitter the North remembers. We never forget. And also, mm-hmm. why did y'all bring all the supplies if I couldn't take them? Why would you show it to me if I can't have it? If it's That's- for free, then why are you shaming me for taking advantage of the free supplies? Make it make sense. Free marketing. Um, <laughs> like you I am I am helping spread the word about your business. Why are you worried if I have three of the same pen? They were nice pens too. Like I still have some. Hey, we love a good pen. So mm-hmm. Barbara Barbara and Melissa feel exactly the same way you do, Gia. They're grabbing the stuff, they're getting the free stuff. And then all of a sudden they announce to the entire crowd that they indeed attended the conference, connected with peers, potentially mentored seven young teachers, then they tried to head to the spa. I like that. I like that because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a partier at these conferences, so I do come back with like the brochures, the packets. I'm ready to present to all my coworkers just to prove that I was there. You have to know yeah. that I went. I did not use the company dime to go party. I definitely a hundred thousand percent gave my time and effort to this conference. It's just afterwards, I used my per diem, per diem. You know what I'm saying? Like every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. Um, so this was after, good. After right. a certain point, there's only so much that you can learn at conferences like these. And like Barbara is so busy mentoring the hot messes at Abbott Elementary. She has no business mentoring people at other schools. Let her enjoy the spa. She had she was looking like she was living her best life during these moments. It's like that is the time that Barbara deserves right now. She does not need to be wasting her time on even more lost causes than she's already handling on a regular basis. Yeah, Barbara has a lot going on, and so does Melissa, because before they can get to the bar uh, or the spa, I guess, uh, Melissa's younger sister, Kristen Marie, is at the conference too, and her and Melissa pick right up where they left off with insulting each other. So it went a little something like this. Uh, you leaving already? Just like your ex-husband? Uh, you mean just like your period after seeing your prom? Enjoy your weekend? Yeah. And I was like, whoa. But we know enough about Kristen Marie and Melissa to know that this is just how they show love. Gia, you have a sister. I think I've asked you this before. Similar? No, absolutely not. (laughs) My sister is so much more chill and like a kind person than I am. But no, we do not interact like this. But, you know, we we do like laughing at our brother at their expense. So I guess like it's more of a tag team situation than a versus battle. But, you know, it's still we still got the vibe there. We got it. We can we can throw a punch and, you know, throw out some witty comebacks if need be i'm not thinking i'm not at my best right now i had to work all night so uh i can't think (laughs) of any right now but it's there i promise you it's there yeah and uh janine ends up walking in on one of the conference presentations which is ava who is giving a presentation at the conference she overhears her telling an anecdote about a problem teacher who for the sake of discussion let's just call her janina uh what is the topic of this lecture do you is it just like annoying ass teachers i don't know. I'm assuming it's some type of conflict resolution class, but I think that any presentation topic, Ava would be able to find a way to roast Janine. So I don't think that it had to be anything relevant to problematic teachers either. Yeah. Um, So Janine ends up going and, you know, she's enjoying her conference, but she runs into Gregory. And we were shocked to see this because we knew Gregory had taken 
Amber to the Poconos. They were going to go have a good time to make up for the gift that he got it from Valentine's Day because the Lego flower bouquet did not go over too well. He had a whole itinerary to handle everything on the trip because as far as Gregory uh, is concerned, the best way to relax is to do it on a strict schedule. But obviously Amber does not feel the same way and she ends up dumping him. So now his schedule is clear to go to the conference. Now Gia, at this point my eyebrow was raised because I'm like, oh, Gregory's single. What is the and at the conference and he's in his feelings. What happens next? Uh, what what were you thinking about the time we hit this part of the episode? I was really hoping it was not going to go where it ended up going. So of course that's where it ended up going. Like I just I have not been wanting it to be like the I know we get it sort of resolved by the end of the episode, but I did not want to do the whole like we kissed or something else happened and Janine kind of has a boyfriend. We learn a little more later that they consider it more of a situation ship, but like the lines were unclear there. They were a little blurry. So I was hoping we would get like a feelings realization. And I think we do still have it, but yeah, it was just spelled trouble from the very beginning, especially with how hard these Philadelphia teachers party at the end. Yes, uh, that will turn everything up a notch uh, very quickly. And so things do escalate in this episode. Jenny ends up apologizing to Gregory about the breakup, and she offered to catch him up on what he missed at the conference. Um, her enthusiasm is very clear. Like, she's very much like, I'm at the conference, happy you're here. Let's enjoy ourselves. But Gregory does look like he's enjoying the idea of letting her keep him busy a little bit more like he's giving her the bedroom eyes throughout the episode as far as i'm concerned um and it's very obvious on the way out of the white teacher black school uh, presentation jacob makes a friend named summer who has the same interest as him including the game werewolf and podcast about what i can only assume is how white people be could become good allies to minorities Ultimately, the summer character ends up inviting Jacob to come hang out with her and her co-workers from Addington Elementary, who also think that Pexageddon gets a little too loud for them. It's not the, their type of scene. They come here for the conference atmosphere to learn and to do all the things that I, I do not go to conferences to do. He does seem like he would rather hang out with the Abbott people, but he can't resist the allure of Cards Against Humanity. Gia, are you a Cards Against Humanity girl? I have played Cards Against Humanity in my free time. Um, you know, success rate has, uh, you know, up and down. I think the game that I did the best in, uh, I definitely cheated in. But, you know, like, that's just that's just how the game goes sometimes. And I would not, however, choose Cards Against Humanity over a night of partying with other people in my field though like there's absolutely no way i am choosing werewolf i've played werewolf i played mafia i've played like all of those games love them am i choosing it over going out and drinking and partying absolutely not no way i am in my barbara and melissa era right now and there is no way especially addington charter teachers like talk about a wet blanket jacob that was your first red flag there 
Yeah, ghetto ass school. Okay, so Barbara and Melissa, like you said, they don't have any parts of this. They're chilling by the pool. Then they go to shower. They raid the mini bar. They're doing all the things you need to do to prepare and pregame for a Pexageddon party. Uh, Janine is having a good time at Pexageddon eventually and trying to get Gregory to loosen up and have a good time too. They see Ava, who is working the velvet rope into the VIP section for very important people who are principals. Um, and not very important principles, because I guess that's a, a, a like a real distinction to make here. But Janine couldn't get in, eat, despite her new little boots that she was wearing. Barbara and Melissa sit with one of the vendors, who turns out to be a lady named Don Nichols from the Nichols School Supplies, and uh, she's the end all be all of school supplies. Like if you want your good pins, Gia, this is where you go to get them. Um, her craft glue is so strong you'd swear it was made of horse parts. Um, so I was excited to see them with this person because I'm thinking this could be good networking. Abbott needs so much stuff, including good craft glue. But uh, before they could get too comfortable making these connections, Krista Marie comes over to the table. So Melissa takes her cue to move to a different table and takes Barbara with her. Um, are they going to spend this whole episode running for Krista Marie? Like, I'm happy that we got her back, but at the same time, like the feud with Melissa and Kristen Marie is fun to watch, but I really was waiting on, you know, what we end up getting by the end of this episode, which is like the reconnect you. So the thing about Melissa, we love Melissa. So what's better than one Melissa than two Melissa's. And so like, while it's very funny to see their little rivalry every once in a while, it's more fun to see where they're at right now, which is them being a dynamic duo together and also, you know, taking down who needs to be taken down. Because that woman with that hair had no business talking to Krista Marie like that, let me tell you. So I'm glad someone said it before I did because I would have hurt some feelings. Yeah, and um, eventually, like, Barbara's fibula is sick of doing laps around the conference because they're really trying to avoid Krista Marie. Um so they end up joining the table again. And this was what Chris Marie says. It's the perfect time to, for Melissa to admit that she makes a, ter a terrible, was it a brajoli? And, um, and then uh, they start at it. You know, they're throwing insults at each other. Krista Marie stands up and gets in Melissa's face. But when she does, she accidentally bumps that woman you were talking about with that horrible hair. Uh, mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, they're getting into it. She calls Krista Marie a clearance section and insults her outfit. And this was enough to get the teachers on the same page. Gia, again, you have a sister. Is this an accurate depiction on how it is when someone wants smoke with you? Is it smoke with you or is it smoke with both of you? Because what, what's up? Anybody that messes with my sister messes with me. I can insult my siblings, right? That is my God-given mm -hmm. right because I right. have grown up with them over the years. Uh, no one else gets that privilege. And there is no better bond amongst people in general, but particularly siblings, than hating the same people. Whether that's family members, strangers with crappy wigs, or, you know, whoever whoever may come your way. So this is a perfect depiction, especially for a pair like Melissa and Krista Marie, who are like, this is how they bond. This is how their personalities are. So, yeah, this is the perfect way for us to finally get them both on the same page. Yeah, and Melissa and Kristen Marie basically jump this woman with insults and runs her off while Barbara and Don Nichols look on. And like, uh, like I won't say it was like a look of disapproval. It was more like, uh, like they were just kind of taking it back that like how vicious these two women can be when they are aligned. You know, like they're stronger together yeah. for sure. I feel like they are 
Yeah, I feel like they were impressed personally. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, that was rapid fire insults. Like, this was not something they wrote down ahead of time. This is something that they knew right off the top of their tongues. Like, this was very fire roasting on both of the sisters' part. Um, Also, Dawn Nichols, kind of an icon. Like, I love her. I hope Mm -hmm. we see her again. Her and her horse glow. Yeah, we need it. We need more of that for sure. Um, so we have more of the Gregory and Janine storyline. He's having a really tough time with this breakup because he realizes he's the one who keeps getting dumped. He says he must be the problem since he's a common, de- common denominator in all these relationships. And he also points out that he and Amber were totally different. But Janine, who, like Gregory, has been having a few drinks, starts gassing him up and talking about how it's great that he's so different. And these two are getting a little loose. Um, so I could, tar- I could start to feel that something was coming elsewhere. Mm-hmm. The Addington teachers and Jacob uh, are together. They're playing the werewolf game. Jacob is dazzling everyone with his detective skills when he finds out that he and Summer attended Oberlin together, and they didn't even know each other. So he tries his best to make like a concerted effort to build relationships with people from different cultural backgrounds. And this, I mean, Summer, they're they're eating each other's up, like up. They just they're loving whatever each other is talking about, and it kind of feels like okay, this feels like right. So what's about to happen right here? And I really was confused as to where this was going. Um, somehow Jacob's like familiar with the Greek fraternities because at some point he's talking about Kamala Harris being an AKA. And I'm like, if if Jacob name, name drops my fraternity, I'm going to lose it. Um, he's like, oh yeah, the Divine Nine. This is a whole lot of Jacob really having a moment with, it seems like teachers that are more like-minded you know, to what he's used to. Uh, and they invite, uh, Jacob to come teach with them at Addington Charter School. And it turns out that Addington gets kids from around the city. Uh, and they focus on Gia, the best, the kids who have the best chance of making it out. And this is problematic and hella common. Uh, there's a ton of schools that mm-hmm. laud themselves on like graduation rate, or even worse, uh, because graduation rate is fine. Like, all, you know, people should be graduating, yes. But the schools that are like 100% of our students are going to college or 100% yeah. of our students doing something like this, it's because they're putting them out. They're, they're having admission requirements for the school or like uh, attendance requirements for the school to where your grades have to be a certain level or you cannot finish at that school. And it makes their stats look really good when they have 100% of their students doing anything, 100 going to college, 100% bringing in scholarship money, 100% graduate, whatever the case may be. It's because they're getting rid of the, the people who are slowing them down from meeting the metrics that they want to meet. Um, and this is just the worst to me because I – as somebody who's been working in education for a long time, I find myself having to explain to people, yes, this school sounds really good, but it's still just a school. You know what I'm saying? It's no better than yeah. these other schools. It's just that they're eliminating people that make them look bad. And I hate this. And I hate that that's what Addington has been doing to you. Yeah. And this is something that we heard about even as early as season one when they were debating the merits of the gifted program. So this is something that's a continuing theme within the Abbott Elementary Cinematic Universe and I like this is where things get very dicey not just with charter schools but like any type of preparatory academy school like anything that boasts about having high achieving students that and you know particularly when they put so much weight on things like test scores. And it's not necessarily that these schools have the best of the best teachers or the best of the best uh, education systems or their 
curriculums are superior to schools like what you would find at Abbott Elementary. It's that they are focusing on high achievement and when they say high achievement, they mean they will find the students that are going to be the most successful in taking tests and working towards, you know, uh, continuing this school of thought related to like what makes someone successful. So something along the lines of like this terminology of like who has the best chance of making it out and where at Jacob, that is where things start really clicking for Jacob about like, okay, so this is not about making students the best students they can be within the school of Philadelphia. This is, you know, they hold students to a certain standard, which is usually measured on a system of white supremacy. Notice how most of the teachers in there are white. They got their Mm -hmm. one little diversity higher in there. But other than that, it is. We see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we saw we saw you, uh, Herman Cain, in the in the corner over there. So, you know, like he's on notice as far as I'm concerned. But the it's just like uncomfortable to see that. But you see how these schools operate and we see a continuation of how these schools operate as we get to the second episode of the night. And I think like this is where Jacob is really starting to realize like not everything is, you know, there's a difference between the Jacobs of the world and the summers, if that makes sense. Yeah. Jacob sees yeah. this and knows that it's a red flag. Summer sees this and thinks they're, they're really doing good work. And that's why we have to be so introspective a lot of times with um, perpetuating these ideas of success and elitism uh, when it really should be about helping. And it's yeah. not about like boasting about a school's achievement. It's more about making sure that the students within the school are achieving. And I think it's really hard to, to show people. I don't hold that against anybody who like really perpetuates these ideas. I just really think that they should take some more time and look uh, inwardly yeah. at what they could do differently to help the student instead of casting them out because they don't achieve high enough. Um, But that's me on my soapbox. And this is also uh, the difference between Jacob and the teachers at Addington Charter, who again are majority white teachers. There is a huge difference between actually trying to have effective and healthy white allyship and trying to be a white saver. And make no mistake, the teachers at Addington Charter are trying to be white saviors. They're not, you don't go into a school in an underfunded community and talk about wanting to get kids out or focusing on the kids who have the best chance of making it out of these conditions that they have decided in their heads these students are facing. And assume that like your way of life the things that you strive for or the things that like your upbringing was superior to theirs so that is like at its core some of the most frustrating parts of this episode and they nailed it because we know teachers like this and we know people that we work with that are like this and uh, it's just irritating to even talk about because it's so frustrating to have to explain the difference to people and like people that think that they are doing good work when really they are just kind of enforcing their ideologies and their ideas about what makes people superior to one another. It's a, it's a ranking system. It's respectability politics. There's a lot of things that are just not good, particularly for black communities. And a lot of it is rooted in racism. Well said. Uh, so we have in this episode, I guess this is the day one of the conference, but um, the juicy part, right, is that 
Gregory and Janine are getting drunk and mischievous. They uh, miss this living ca- classroom thing that's basically a classroom made completely out of flowers, which looked amazing, but also I know my allergies, I wouldn't last a day. Um, and they plan on going to view it, even though it's past the hours of operation. So we know these two rule followers are, are, are really drunk because they're out here doing whatever they want to do. They enter the living classroom and it's actually pretty dope. Janine is in love with the room and Gregory is, again, giving her the bedroom eyes. And this seems very familiar um, to Janine, except... He's looking at, like, she's looking at the room and he's looking at her. Um, Mm -hmm. So it gets really messy, even in just the way it's filming. Like, the sound drops out. uh, The cameraman's hiding behind stuff, you know, kind of watching them from a distance. Because, you know, this is a docu-series or whatever. Um, And then, like, it gets more intimate. And there's this moment where they're close enough to go and, you know, they go, they you think they got the kids and then they do. And then Gregory kisses Janine, but then she kisses them back. Now they're sucking face during the PEXA conference. Um, harlots! Harlots. Gia, this is the moment the Greganine stands to do it. Is that what we call them? I Greganine? think it's Greganine, yeah. I like that. Is that, can we have that? It, Greganine? I, Greganine. No, it has to be Greganine because the op, the alternative is Jeggery. And I refuse, that sounds like a slur. I refuse slur. to say that again. Yeah, I'm it offended. is. I apologize. I'm going to be writing my notes up apology ASAP as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> Yeah, this is it. This is the moment we've been waiting for. But our excitement is short-lived because Gregory sounds open to the possibility of the two friends caught up in a moment. But Janine is upset. Like, Gregory's like, so we're kissing. What's up? Let's. What's next? And Janine's kind of like, damn it, I'm dating Maurice. I'm dating your friend. But at this point, is Mar- are Maurice and Janine dating exclusively? Or are they just going on dates? Gia, from your point of view, what's the relationship? So... At this episode, I assumed that they were dating. But then in the next episode, they make it sound more like it's a situationship, which is not dating in my eyes. It's like it's not exclusive. But if someone buys me a Telfar bag, like we're dating. We're dating. Yeah. Those are expensive ass bags. We are not, we're not friends. We are not in situationships if you are buying me luxury black owned businesses. Right. Or, if, yeah. Yeah. If uh, listen, if I got if I get you a Telfeezy. We together. That's it. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's us. We to the end of the world. Bonnie and Clive, Hov and B. That's what we're doing. Um, so we're basically thought, married at that point. Dog, they got them. Like he got her such an expensive Valentine's Day gift. If you're dating other people, you don't get one Telfar bag. You go get, you know, like five smaller items and give them yeah. to people. You know, like <laughs> you don't get one big gift. You give them so, like a framed picture of a Telfar bag. That's right. situationship standards. Something to aspire for, for sure. Um, so the next day, Barbara and Melissa wake up from the conference and they're recovering. And this is very familiar to me because this is me the second day of a conference. I have the sunglasses on. Um, as you, And you can tell the, the night before it was a film or a movie or whatever they call it. And it was so lit that Barbara even forgot to put on her shoes. And again, I felt seen. Uh, when they get back to school, uh, Krista Marie shows up and she approaches Melissa in full disguise because God, God forbid someone sees her there from legendary schools. Um, and she tells her the secret is that uh, some jabroni, Draymond, who we met several episodes ago, mm-hmm. is coming for Abbott Elementary. We knew this, but we know they didn't know this. He yes. wants to turn abbott into a charter school and this is a problem but we know melissa is always up for a good fight so gia the stage is set here uh we don't get into a lot of the legendary schools and 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 uh, and charter school of it all in the next episode but it's coming right 
the war is coming. And honestly, there is no bigger, like, there is no team I would trust more with defeating the charter school agenda than Barbara, Melissa, and by the end of the second episode, Ava. Like, that is a terrifying team. All they need is Mr. Johnson to be on board with this, and Addington does not stand a chance. So I have full faith in them. Yeah, for sure. I more of that to come so also to wrap this episode up later in the break room ava is there and she has some tea about an interesting hookup between a man and a woman teacher uh at the conference like you know ava's tapped in but you know while janine looks like she saw a ghost and gregory looks terrified because he doesn't know what ava's about to say it was just mrs swartz from addington with uh this random man from like the concierge at the hotel that they were having a conference at and it was uh and uh yeah it was not Gregory and Janine. It was actually, uh, you know, for a second she thought it was Jacob, but it was just this other guy. So their secret is still safe for the time being, and that's the end of the episode. Um, th- this is messy. This is messy, it's but I'm so here messy. for it. But yeah. we just need to recognize that Ava will not stand for bisexual erasure, and this is where I felt seen. So Ava Coleman <laughs> l- continues to be a legend, and Jacob, I expected better from you. Yeah. Uh, Ava, the advocate. We, who who would have thought it? We would. Mm-hmm. Here at Abbott Elementary Postal Recap, we've been nude. Yeah, um, we knew. We knew. Yeah. So before we get into our next episode, uh, we're going to take another brief ad break, and then we're going to come back to Season 2, Episode 17, Mural Arts, right after this. So stay tuned. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. We're back. So last episode kind of set the tone for what we were going to get a little bit in this episode. But I was, so I was very excited. Um, This next episode starts with a student named Raheem, who is seemingly heckling Jacob uh, while he takes role. Apparently it's from a silly sock show featuring characters such as Jim Sock, Toisha, um, and nobody knows like why this is important. Jacob is confused; he doesn't understand. And Gia, I'm I'm an old. I get this, and I, but I do come across this with students sometimes, where they are completely invested in a story or a cartoon or something like that, and I have no clue what they're taking, talking about. And that was the theme of this episode. Um, would you watch what the Silly Shock Show is presenting, Gia? Um. So my, I want to say no, because I am definitely above such programming, but Mm -hmm. literally at, so I was actually watching this episode with my family for the first time. And as soon as it comes on, I turn to my sister and say, oh, it's like the Harry Potter puppet pals, which was huge back when I was around the age of the students at Abbott Elementary and Jacob's class. So I I feel like I would not resist. I feel like I would be with the kids on this one. And honestly, I kind of support the mural that they originally picked. So, you know, this was this was very interesting for me. I definitely felt my face to face with my middle school self here. Yeah. And while Jacob and I would be struggling to understand the appeal of these socks, Mr. Johnson is on top of the trend as he hasn't missed the trend in years. And no one is surprised by that. Uh, The school ends up having an assembly and things are still awkward with Janine and Gregory. She says that uh, she could stand in the assembly if the chair next to Gregory isn't taken. And it's kind of just it's a very awkward. It builds character if you will which is a goofy joke and you can tell people like each other when they laugh at stupid shit that they say that mm-hmm. character joke was like okay janine what's up but gregory is like falling over laughing it's like all right give it a rest we get it you like each other tell us all this time um it turns out this assembly is for mural arts philadelphia um an organization that goes from school to school making murals for students uh and thanks to jacob they will be there for one week to decide on a mural for abbott elementary um in the meantime erica uh janine's friend goes to visit janine and points out that janine and gregory have classrooms next to each other so that means janine has been talking about gregory you know uh she then erica was there that night at the at the club when they you know got kind of close mm-hmm. so she she knows okay this is potentially a little mess here um and then janine goes to tell her that she wants to break off things with maurice because if she's been kissing people like gregory she's clearly not feeling him that much but when she tells erica the plan to reveal to maurice everything that happened erica advises against it gia does janine owe maurice an explanation for the kissing of gregory um she does i wouldn't say she owes him an explanation especially since like uh how erica's explanation about how that could also cause some drama between gregory and maurice but i feel like i would be on the gregory side of things here where like i have not i am not kissing 
someone that my friend is dating. Like that has never happened. That will not happen with me. But if it did, I would weigh on my conscience. So like that, that would be something that I would personally need to tell somebody. You know, that's a fair point. Cause I I'm one of those people as well, where it's kind of just like, once one of my friends is dating you or even kind of interested you, yeah, I, I can't, like, I can't unsee you as like some obtain, like unobtainable, you know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing, there's no part about you that is appealing to me at that point. Exactly. I, I'm the same yeah, way. It's just like a loyalty thing. I don't know. Or it's just like, you know, I've seen y'all together. So it's obviously not like, you know, if yeah. that was meant for me, it wouldn't be like secondhand, if you will. Like I would have found out through somebody else's like for you that I liked you. Um, so that is very tough. Um, throughout this episode, we explored the um, <laughs> the concept of a situationship versus a relationship. Maurice does go on to call this a relationship later on when uh, Janine goes to break it off. But what is the difference, Gia? Like, uh, you are a professor of sorts. You are definitely the principal of this podcast. Can you give us the difference between the situationship and the relationship as to where you would need to give this explanation to someone? Yes. Oh, absolutely. We will. We are going to be taken to class, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. But so a situationship is literally just like casual, uh, casual relationship with uh possibly some romantic intentions possibly some sexual intentions but like not too much of anything so like you might be going on some dates you might uh get a little things might get a little spicy after said dates you might like each other you might buy each other some gifts on valentine's day but there's like a limit to all of this you might not have just you might just have not defined your relationship at that point but like there has been no spoken agreement on whether or not you two are an item this is different than friends with benefits where there is a clearly defined line where there you have both been into agreement that you can see other people and that is fine with a situationship there is no clear defined what defining factor on whether or not you are exclusive or not a relationship is the opposite end of friends with benefits where it has been declared by both parties that you are going to be exclusive and has been agreed upon and everyone is aware of the situation if you are in a relationship then like you should not be kissing other people. If you are in friends with benefits, then it's then who cares if you kiss with other people? And then with situationships, it's a little murky, but like if you feel bad about it, chances are there's probably a reason why you feel bad about it and you should probably figure out why. And if you feel like that means you need to tell someone about what happened, then I would say tell them. But if you don't feel bad for that reason, then that's your business. Yeah. Uh the bottom line, this is mess. And Erica correctly points out that Janine is a dork, but she a messy one. You know what I'm saying? She's got this is this is why you gravitate toward people by Janine, like Janine, because their mess does not affect you. And that means you can be completely oh, invested yes. in it because it has nothing to do with you. Um, so like I said, like you said, that was well put. It's all about communication, you know, when it comes to these uh ships, you know, situationships, relationships, yes. friend, uh, friendships with benefits, whatever the case may be. If you are clear about your like intentions with each other then there will be no gray area you say i would yeah. like to date you exclusively then date them exclusively you say i want to be in a relationship with you then be in a relationship with them but you kind of have to say the words especially with me if you don't say the words i do not know what you're talking about i have no clue yeah i cannot be held accountable no 
you're lucky if I know if you like me at that point. It was like, other than that, I'd be like, I thought we were just hanging out. I thought we were just friends. Oh my God. My soul just like, you spoke to my soul. If you don't say the words, Chappelle, I'm feeling you or whatever the case yeah. may be. I do not see you as a thing because no. I have so much going on in my head that I like don't have time to focus on something like that. And I might like you, but I might if I haven't said nothing, then obviously I think there's like a reason why I shouldn't. Um yes. so you have to you have to go there, but you cannot just assume that because we've been like hanging out or, or like or we have a good rapport that there's gonna be a reason why we date. I just I'm yeah. going to miss that signal every time. Yeah, you know, unless you say I want to take you out on a date, yes or no. <laughs> I will Check not one. think it's a date. I promise you. I am that I have that much going on in my head that it will not compute. I promise you. Right. And I think the good thing to point out here is that we keep saying in our heads, right? We got yeah. a lot of stuff going on already in our minds. So our mind can't open to that right now. It's kind of like if I yeah. had the space for that, I would go there. Now, don't get me wrong. Once you say those things to me, we make some space. But right now, it's just a matter of like, not, you know? Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So there are moments where, uh, throughout this episode, and I will just kind of talk about the Janine, uh, and Maurice of it all. Um, but what happens is, uh, Janine and Maurice, they end up setting up a date and, uh, you know, Maurice, who we know is dating Janine. We, we see him popping up to school. Uh, we see him bringing gifts. He wants to take her to bone town, Gia. And, in my head, I was like, I assumed they'd already been to Bone Town. But, uh, you know, but it turns out it's a, a Philly restaurant that you get ribs. And so she does agree to go to Bone Town with him. And so this is this a date, Gia, Bone Town? Oh, it's a date. It's definitely a date. <laughs> Not just because it's called Bone Town, but like they have a, they are in the situationship phase. So if you two are hanging out together as a duo, that is a date. Whether yeah. or not you plan to be exclusive in the future or not. Yeah, this is this is this is a date. Sadly, yeah. though, this might be one of the last dates because we know that Janine ends up telling Gregory that she's going to Bone Town with Mo to break up with him. And Gregory's face, he looked like, "Oh dear God, don't go to Bone Town! Like, why would you kiss me? Go to Bone Town with this man, then dump him. That's kind of cruel." But what she's saying is, you know, we're going to go get barbecue, obviously, and have a sit down. Gregory insists that he comes on this to like like he feels like he's his friend and all this other stuff and i'm just like i just don't think i just don't agree with that like i don't feel like gregory has anything to do with this yes you kissed the the, the girl he was dating but he feels like it would make it awkward if he doesn't say anything to mo where do you land on this does he does gregory owe mo an explanation i don't think he owes mo an explanation but it I, like I said before, I do agree that, like, if you feel like it is weighing on your conscience, like what Gregory mm -hmm. is saying, then yes, definitely have that conversation with them. So I think Gregory did the right thing here. The problem is they both want to tell Mo about what happened, and that's where things get really dicey. So then it turned into this very awkward interaction that we get at the end. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what it is. It's just one of those things where it's like, if it's bothering you, if you can't sleep with it, then it's obviously something you shouldn't have done. But if yeah. you're fine, then it's like, uh, it's not that big of a deal to you. Then okay, whatever. Yeah. But again, this this conflict here, this uh, disagreement or this moment is for Janine and Maurice. Uh, but Gregory does end up tagging along to Bone Town, uh, which is, uh, you know, interesting. But uh, he goes to Bone Town with them because uh, he's a bone bro, you know, and he goes to talk uh, to Maurice 
uh, widgeting about what happened. And so um, it starts off with him just like saying like, you know, I really value our friendship. And um, he does correct her and say uh, situationship, you know, like it's a little bit more than that or different than, than different in a friendship. Um, but Janine says, you know, like we, we might have to, you know, break this off and maurice says it's cool it's all wonder water under adele's bridge which i love because if you're gonna let me down let me down gently you know um but um then he starts to think about it kind of just like well janine if we're breaking up like why are you breaking up in front of gregory you know like that's sick that is disgusting you just wanted to embarrass me in front of my friend and i screamed because i just didn't think that he would come to that uh that the conclusion to you i like this can all just come down to the fact that janine and gregory are both so awkward and do not think about how things look ahead of time before they actually act upon what they want to do which is mm. exactly what is happening here but yeah as maurice if you're like okay so you guys kissed and now you're both here to see me getting breaking up with like that is just kind of weird and Maurice didn't even have a problem with the fact that they got drunk and kissed at the conference it's the breakup afterwards and like at this restaurant in this very awkward atmosphere that's just like very odd it's just like sets everything in the very weird light so I can definitely feel for him here but also like Maurice should know both of them by now these two are very awkward individuals they don't intend to be malicious about the things that they do they just are like very big weirdos a lot of the time yeah uh so that's kind of how we end things with Maurice here Gia do you think we ever see Maurice Vince Staples ever again on Abbott Elementary I feel like we do. I want to have like some type of resolution to him and Gregory's friendship. Like I don't want Gregory to lose that friendship. So I do hope that we see more of him later down the line, hopefully more in season two, if not in like the next season. I kind of want to see him come back with Amber. You know, like we saw oh, the no, Valentine's yeah. Day episode and they kind of were on the same page. Tell far yeah. back, you know, like they they understood each other. They spoke in the same language where it kind of feels like, you know, maybe Maurice shouldn't, you know, didn't have that much in common with Janine and, and vice versa for Amber yeah. and and Gregory. So that's kind of what I'm hoping. I think it would be messy and fun, but uh, you know, more of that to come, I'm sure. Uh, let's talk about the Jacob storyline. We got the mural. The kids want the sock puppet mural. Jacob does not understand it. He will never understand it. And the kids are kind of disgusted at him, honestly. Like, it's very clear that the Silly Sock Show is a thing and that he just needs to get on board with it. Um, but he can't, right? So in his mind, he's saying that the, the cartoons that he watched when he was younger, oh, they were different. You know, like, there are whole dissertations on Reddit and threads on Tumblr. Trust me, I've been there. And uh, where they talk about, like, these cartoons and what they mean. Like, oh, yeah, they're so deep. I've seen articles about the Rugrats, Gia, and how, like, each of them is, like, an imagination, like, uh, in uh, Angelica's imagination. And that's, like, not real. Each of the SpongeBob characters is, like, one of the seven deadly sins. Like, you know, all those yeah. things. Are, yeah. And then it's like, okay. And, he's, and Greg, Jacob goes to mention uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And he's like, yeah, like there's it's so it was so insightful, blah blah. But I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, Gia, I'm a grown ass man, and I was there for Ed, Ed, and Eddie. At no point was it that deep. It just wasn't. Listen, I Ed, Ed, and Eddie is one of my favorite cartoons from when I was younger, 
And I rewatched it during the pandemic when it first went on HBO Max to like just mm-hmm. kind of see if it if it was still funny to me, if I would still enjoy it all these years later. And I very much did. That being said, there is no educational value to that show. And that is okay. It, But I watched it. There's a nostalgia to it. And I loved it when I was watching it. And that's all I need. Like, I love a good Ed, Ed, and Eddie reference. Yeah, I was very happy with that. Um, Jacob tells the kids the sock mural is not going to work. They need to do, pick something different. And they end up going with a sycamore, with like this huge tree, which has these rules representing a part of the community in West Philly. The kids do not care. They're like, we yeah. wanted the silly sock show. And it feels like Jacob is being the white man, making decisions for all these minorities, which uh, Ava points out. Like, I know. Yeah, a, a like concept. And you know that's the quickest way to get under Jacob's skin is to be like, you're just like all the other white people. Because he tries really hard, you know, to make these things happen. Uh, and so eventually he goes and talks to Melissa about it. That's where he drops his Ed, Ed, and Eddie reference. And she tells him, nostalgia is important. You can't take that from kids. Gee, my elementary school in Houston had a mural of uh, Winnie the Pooh and the Hundred Acre Woods <laughs> with... Uh, rabbit and kanga and rue and all those people um or animals or whatever the case may be because my school was named after alan alexander milne who wrote oh. uh, winnie the pooh right and so i am no stranger to big ass murals that have nothing to do with education uh but janine says that her mural when she was uh, when she was in school it was spongebob with a do-rag on with the cape out and she's wrong she said tuck the cape in but i i look I, you hear it here first cape out always I need to see this mural immediately. Yes. yes. Like that was the only thing. I'm like, she's like, oh, it was so embarrassing. I'm like, I need to see this as soon as possible. This sounds like the most amazing thing that children have come up with ever. It's perfect. So yeah. uh, the the moral of this is that as teachers, you need to respect what the students like, but you also want their future selves to be proud of what they did. You respect their now while preparing them for the future. So when kids are young, they're stupid. And I don't mean that to say all kids are dumb. I mean that they don't. I will say that. Kids are dumb. Kids are dumb. You heard it here first. So but it's done because they haven't lived a lot of life. They haven't, yes. they're not well read. They haven't had a lot of experiences. So for them, their universe is very small because it's only what they know, what they've experienced, what they've seen, but you cannot take from them their experiences, right? Like for them, they're yeah. the most important person in their universe. A lot of times the world revolves around them. School is the hardest thing to ever happen. This breakup is going to end their life. All these things. It's not that serious a lot of times, but they're kids and that's what it matters to them. But you cannot turn that part off and only focus on their future because a lot of them are are solely focused on the present. So you have to give uh, credence to both of those things. And so that's what Jacob ends up learning in this episode. And it leads him to giving the kids exactly what they want. They get to do their mural and have the, the silly sock show involved. But he also kind of uh, integrates some of the students' uh, personalities into it by letting them um, add what they want to be when they grow up, right? And so the students have the socks, but they also have little pieces of who they were back when this happened. And I think this was a great compromise. Jacob is always surprising me, Gia. I love, first of all, I was definitely on the side for with the kids because like the worst thing that happens with a silly sh- sock show mural is that 
they're going to look back on it and be like, remember when we all loved that show? Like, oh my God, crazy times. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not the worst thing in the world to just reference a show that you love in a setting like Abbott Elementary and know that, yeah, it's not going to be your favorite show for the rest of your life. It probably has an expiration date on its value, but this is going to be something that you remember you loved as a kid. So is it the worst thing in the world to have that be on the mural compared to what could be there? No, like some people do murals for like presidents and stuff. And so many of them own slaves. So like, you know, who are right. you to judge about the silly shop sock show? But also the like the I, I like that, like, even though I understand where Jacob is coming from, he wants this to be something that students will be proud of in years to come. I think that. There, that possibility is still there, but it just might not be in the same way that Jacob is thinking about it. And that's not the worst thing in the world. And it's nice to see people like Jacob constantly learning. And the thing that does make Jacob such a compelling character is that he's not like the standard white savior, like what we saw from the Adding New Charter teachers, is that he is willing to continue to grow and learn as an educator and as a person. Yep, that's Jacob. He's coming so far. Uh, I would love to see, you know, what Jacob becomes in future seasons. Because, you know, it's kind of one note uh, for Jacob to be like, oh, yeah, this the the well-meaning white teacher. You, eventually, you learn enough and kind of evolve. And I would love to see what that looks like. Um, yeah. But that's a wrap on the Jacob storyline for the most part. We have to talk about the rumors about Addington oh, and, this, and oh. Legendary Charter. Can I say one more thing about the Jacob storyline? Of course. The kids were on fire this episode. Yes. When the minute our whole family, I told you I watched this all with my family, the time where the kids, one of the kids said that they are not sending their kids to Abbott Elementary and like what went wrong in their life to get them to that point. I laughed so loud during that moment. And when they got to the teacher part where the kindest part the sweetest moment of this episode being that one of the teachers or one of the students say that this is his favorite class and he wants to be a teacher when he grows up and the kids immediately say you want to grow up to be broke and look speak <laughs> child i don't he i mean he has a point these are all valid points but i love that for them it's just like the kids continue to be the stars no, that line is great because I felt it. I felt like that child punched me in my solar plex. Like I like, ooh, ah, because I am poor, you know, and yeah. I will always be oh, poor. But yes, but I. Talk, but we I'm, already talked about how poor we are before we started recording, and like same, same. But and like my my dad's house is filled with either kids that are in school or educators, so we all laugh during that. But like, it's a little bit of weeping inside because we know it's true. We know, we, we know, but we still chose this life. We did. Yes. Life of service and helping and teaching and then this is what we get so we're rich in other ways but just not in my pockets yeah um so to addington the rumors get around that this is happening from Kristen marie and uh you know it turns out there's an online petition that a couple of parents started to make abbott part of legendary charter because again legendary is doing the thing where they say oh we have all these success rates and we have all this cool stuff but ultimately charter schools they they they're they, we've talked about them before in the past right yes. like the downside of charter schools i believe gia you said you uh attended a charter school as well yeah but i went to performing arts charter school not like a mm -hmm. high achievement charter school so like test scores were not like i did not have the same problems of 
that a lot of charter school students have. That being said, though, uh, they there are like some of the things that charter schools do have issues with are the same is that they do all take money from uh, public school funding for these mm-hmm. schools. So though those are also issues that come up. Yeah, because Ava's questioning whether or not this is a bad thing. Like, she sees legendary schools. She sees that, you know, these kids have high achieving rates and all this other stuff. She's like, I mean, what is the worst that can happen here if we become a charter school? But they do outline that, yeah, charter schools take money from public education. They also get private money from wealthy donors who can, at that point, dictate what they want, insert it into the criteria or the, or the curriculum uh, at that point. And so... You know, you got this cash swirling around that is tempting to people who have the influence that people would have over a charter school. And so that's why it's kind of like, all right, I can see the downside of charter schools. Also, if you're telling students that are in the neighborhood of Abbott Elementary that they can't go there because it's a charter school now and, you know, we got to keep our metrics up, then you end up turning half of the students away. And so, um, you know, although for you, myself, and Ava, okay, half the students, which half? Like, the good half or the bad half? Um, <laughs> you know, it's still like... It's a valid it's, question. It is. You, but, you, you know, but a, a pinch problematic on their part, not charters, not the charter school's not our part, because we didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, um, ultimately, the decision is, you know, should Abbott even be doing this? Is this a thing that, like, Abbott should look into? Is this the thing that the teachers should, um, like, give into? Should we all just sign the position and become a charter school? Obviously, we're not going to do that because Abbott Elementary 1 is better than than Addington anyway. Um, But, you know, we know Ava is up for a fight. Like we said, Melissa is up for a fight. uh, And Barbara, of course, is up for a fight. Once Janine gets wind of this, she's going to be up for a fight. Like, this is the perfect group to push back against this, you know? And so uh, I'm excited to see what happens next. I am so excited for the continuation of the storyline. I've been asking for it, and I'm so glad it is back. I think part of it is because I, as someone that went to a charter school, back then I didn't really realize all of the issues that came with a charter school but looking back on my experience and uh hearing some of the critiques of charter schools in general definitely feel like a close relationship to the storyline and i do like seeing the addington versus abbott and let's be honest though abbott abbott charter does not roll off the tongue the same way as abbott elementary like it would be ghetto as hell and i cannot stand by that like this is we don't need another addington charter i refuse We don't. And this all comes to a head when we see that Joshua Richardson, who was a former student, we saw him in uh, Abbott Elementary, who I was I was very excited because that student was very funny. He's the one that called Jacob Squidward. He's back because uh, Addington put him out. His scores didn't reach the standards for their educational nourishment. Basically, he wasn't doing well enough to make the school look good. So um, they they kicked him out. They told him he couldn't go there anymore. And so, of course, Abbott welcomed him back with open arms. And this is the thing that sparks uh, Ava's interest and says, okay, we have to do something about this because obviously they're just taking advantage of these kids by saying, okay, well, the high achieving ones, they make us look good. The ones who don't achieve, then they don't make us look good and we have no use for them. Um, The fight is going to happen and it's going to happen soon because uh, we only have a couple more episodes in this season. Like this is episode 17. We're doing episode 18 Mm -hmm. and 19 and then 20 21 and 22 will be the finale so i think we have like ah! three more podcasts left and we're oh done with god. season two gia oh my god we, what are we gonna do i i mean i'm gonna cry because i need to 
like I'm going to be very sad to not have more Abbott Elementary to look forward to. But also, I don't feel like this is enough to wrap up the Janine and Gregory storylines and the charter school storyline and see where like some of these other smaller side stories go through. I feel like I need more from some of my favorite characters. I just am like very excited to see where things go from here. I'm very happy that we've had so many episodes to talk about. So that is great. But that being said, I'm hoping I have a feeling at least one of those storylines is going to end on a cliffhanger. And then season three is where we'll have like more of an extended version of this. And I really hope that the charter school piece is where we, you know, that's not just a season two storyline. That's something that kind of leaks into season three as well. Cause I do like a lot of the characters that we have gotten from the charter school storyline. Yep. I think that this could be a good fight, you know, something that we can really sink our teeth into as viewers and that we could see Abbott teachers working at their highest powers. You know, like we want to see Jacob taking down Addington, Ava, Barbara, Janine, Gregory. Like we have come to love these teachers and this school just through watching it. So, of course, we want to see them beat up on a lesser school, you know, uh, that thinks it's superior. That's what we came here for. Um, But, yeah, that pretty much wraps up that episode as well. We do get a little bit of the silly sock, uh, you know, excerpt at the end where they took they took a basically like a reddit or no i'm sorry like a buzzfeed quiz about yes. which silly sock person are you gia do you remember when we did our which at uh, abbott elementary quiz together yes a long i do time ago? yes yeah. i do yeah i took and another I- one and i got the same answer Yes, uh, for the listeners, because we didn't do this on this podcast, but for the listeners, uh, I was, of course, a Gregory, which, you know, like I said, I'm kind of like a Gregory with Janine tendencies, uh, but, of course, Gia was Ava and will always be Ava because... I wasn't Ava, I wasn't Ava, and I didn't even cheat on that quiz. Like, I was thinking about, like, okay, what if I just went in and answered the questions that I thought were Ava, but then, like, no, then that's not real. Like, I know Ava endorses cheating, but the fact that I had that thought was still very Ava of me. But I answered the questions honestly, and it did still come out as Ava. So yeah. I'm very proud Ava of do? those results. Yeah, what would Ava do? It's a mantra, It's a, it's a and it's a, a life to live by. Um, so would you be a Topra? Uh, is that you, Nini Sock? Like, what is your Sock persona here? I'm really sad that we did not get to see um, Ava's answer to the Silly Sock show, but I'm going to go with Toisha. I feel like that is, she seems like probably the fun side character. It seems like Gregory was pretty disappointed when he did not get Toisha. And also, I feel like there's probably a lot of fake fans out there that will say that like, oh, I'm definitely, like they say they're an Ava, but they're really not an Ava. They're more of a Mm -hmm. Janine that wants to be an Ava. And I'm like, I see you. I see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, everybody wants to be a Toisha, and I, I think you have it on lock. Um, but Gia, that's our entire episode. It was a great time. It was so much fun. Tell the people where they can find you and what you're working on right now. Oh, my God. So many things. I mean, obviously, I am still very excited to have a couple more episodes left of Abbott Elementary here on Post Show Recaps. I am also completely done now with our recaps of Survivor Fiji, which I did in the Survivor offseason. Chappelle was my guest, my esteemed guest for the finale where we complained about everything that needed to be complained about and we analyzed everything that needed to be analyzed during that episode. It was a lot of fun. So please listen to Fiji Forever content on Silent Podcast. 
And now Survivor 44 is back in the real time. And we are back with our regular content over on Silent Podcast with our Survivor recap. I don't know about that. Uh, We just recorded the premiere today and I should have that out in a few days and i'm very excited about that and very happy to be back and then finally on inside survivor i am doing our weekly roundups with my good friend christine palin my draft is in shambles but my Mm. uh resolve is stronger than ever so please please take a look uh give us a read but give us nice little comments about everything we think i think this is going to be a very fun season to cover and as always follow the survivor diversity campaign on twitter at serve diversity that's at s-u-r-v diversity and you can follow me at classically gia on twitter instagram and tiktok Great plugs. Yeah, definitely follow what Christine and Gia are doing because they're, they're so good at what they do. And Gia, uh, my my draft is in shambles too. So I relatable yeah. content. I mean, you saw it in real time. It happened. It happened to I was, oh, it was <laughs> It was so embarrassing. But like not for you, for me. So my draft is my inside survivor draft, which is the one that like I have other drafts, but that's the one that we had to write about and like make our cases for the players. And my two first picks were because I was the first person to pick were Bruce and Maddie and then I have Franny Franny is you know I am now a Franny Stanny she is all I have left she has all I have hope to depend on so Franny needs to make it far and she needs to blindside her showmance if need be not just for her betterment but the betterment of my draft Right. We, de- we definitely like a messy blind side. So uh, fingers crossed for that one. Uh, this week, uh, I was on Silent Podcast, like Gia said, talking about Survivor Fiji. We talked about the finale. We complained a lot. We insulted a lot of people, but they deserved it. Uh, so check that out on Silent Podcast. It's on YouTube as well. Um, we also covered Big Brother 6 last week on Silent Podcast. It was myself, Isaiah, uh, Sasha and Ty and we're talking about one of my favorite seasons of Big Brother which is about fighting and insulting people so let's get into that whenever you get a chance I also caught up with Ariel on post show recaps to talk about this month in Grey's Anatomy season 19 on our podcast series Grey's Anatomy's Anatomy uh, we're doing deep dives into uh, Grey's Anatomy characters storylines and we're just covering like literally one podcast a month talking about what happened on Grey's because y'all know it's a billion episodes and we just don't have that energy to talk about all of them uh, I appeared on Robin and Kiva need a podcast on the Robin Rob has a podcast network to talk about the best TV dads. So we did the best TV dads bracket for March Madness. It's, it's bracket season on Robin Akiva need a podcast. So check that out uh, or wherever you get your podcast, right? Just search Robin Akiva need a podcast and you'll see me, Akiva, Rob, and Jason Reed talking about the TV dads. Um, and it, it was a good time. So I definitely say, like, go listen. It's, it's a good listen. Um, I'm on Post Show Recaps talking about Bel Air uh, Season 2, talking about Abbott, as y'all all know, talking about Grey's Anatomy, as I just mentioned, and talking about Season 6 of Snowfall with Mario LaTanya and myself over there on The Connect on PSR, our new um, Post Show Recaps podcast. So check that out. Search Snowfall, a poster recap, or the Connect on poster recaps in order to get all that content and subscribe. Um, also, on Rob has a podcast this week. 
It's Survivor. You know, I'm talking about uh, the premiere. I'm doing the feedback show and I get to lament a little bit about my failed draft. But we're going to do some feedback, answer some questions or whatever about the first episode of season 44 of Survivor. So uh, check that out on Rob Has a Podcast. And then later on in the week, Big Brother Canada season 11 is starting and I will be joining Taryn in Asia to talk about the premiere of that. So catch me over there as well. And then on my last podcast, uh, you know, one of my other babies, uh, Nothing But Netflix, Rob and I talked about, uh, we were going to talk about this game show called Cheat. It was like this new, like, um, something Netflix was pushing, a Netflix original. But instead, we ended up pivoting to talk about the new live event. The first time uh, Netflix has ever done it, to my knowledge. But they had a live comedy special from Chris Rock called Selective Outrage. And we watched it, we talked about it, and we had opinions. And so go check that out as well on the Nothing But Netflix podcast. Uh, but until next time, for Gia at Classically Gia and for myself at Chappelle's underscore show, uh, we can't wait to talk to you again when class is back in session. And we are here to discuss season two, episode 18, Teacher Appreciation, and season two, episode 19, Festival, next time here on Abbott Elementary, a post-show recap. Until then, talk to you later. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.